At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello friends, happy Tuesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today we are continuing our series on productivity and pleasure with the Enneagram Type 5. But first, today's rosebud and thorn. My rose today is that today has been a day full of special beverages. I didn't tell myself no a single time, and I've just had a time of my life drinking two drip coffees, half of a Spanish latte, a Cubano espresso, and an iced matcha. Which brings us to what is probably my obvious thorn at this point, and that is that I am having some anxiety. Self-provoked, like I did this to myself. However, it still doesn't feel great. I know better, and yet I got swept away in the experience of being out of town. Like, caffeine should hit my body differently when I'm traveling, when it's the same body and um, the same caffeine. Same results. So, we're a little anxious. My bud is that there is a mountain that my husband has always wanted to take me to. It's in his hometown, and he's been telling me about it since we started dating, but we've just never gone, and so we're finally going to go in the morning, and I'm excited to see this place that holds so many special memories for him. Okay, friends, let's talk about productivity and pleasure for the Enneagram Type 5. If you haven't already, I do encourage you to listen to the intro episode where I talk about the importance of finding our rhythm with these two things and why I think productivity should exist as an entry point to more pleasure. In these individual episodes, I want to tackle what can prevent our productivity and tips for allowing our time we create through more productivity to be pleasurable. So our type fives, What gets in your way of being productive, of getting your work done in a shorter amount of time? The first one is that it's imperative that you connect your interest to the task. Here's the thing I know about type fives, is actually type fives are incredibly productive, incredibly productive in very specific scenarios, um, when you're away from the front lines, when it's something you're interested in or fascinated by, when you understand the purpose, when you feel qualified, And when you have time away from people asking you for favors or asking for things. And finally, when you're the decision maker, when there's a decision that needs to be made, you tend to make great decisions really effectively and efficiently. So the problem is when you aren't interested in the task, if this is something that you think is purposeless, if it's something that you feel uninterested in or you think is not fascinating, It's really helpful for you to get interested, to find some element of it that you find fascinating and meaningful. Uh, Just some reason why you should spend your precious time on this thing, because it's going to help to drive your natural interests, which push you into action on their own. Number two when you're away from the front lines. We talked about this a minute ago, but type fives typically do better when they have time for uninterrupted work. 
This can be a really frustrating experience when you are in a situation where you can't have uninterrupted time, but you still have to get all your things done. That can be really frustrating. So it's helpful to, if you can, find a way to communicate with whoever you need to communicate with and ask for uninterrupted time so that you can get into deep focus mode so that you can get your work out the door. Now, here's the thing. It brings me to number three, which is you need to have a time limit on how much you're researching. You need deadlines for when your research has to stop. And this is important because a lot of times it's important for multiple reasons. First, you need to identify what you need to know in order to be an expert or in order to be qualified for your next phase. And we're going to we'll get a little bit more into this in a second, but You need to know when to stop researching so that you can start taking action because a lot of times we can get caught up in the research phase, whether that's because you're fascinated and you think there's more to learn or because you feel like you're not qualified until you get all the information. Um, It's not just good enough to know how to do it. You need to know how, why, what, when, where, everything that's been in the past and everything that could be in the future and learn everything about it in every angle in order to do the task, and that's not the case. Sometimes you can just go in and do the task without all the information. But if you do want to get your information, at least set a deadline. Okay, I have two hours to research this, or there's a marker of what I need to learn here, and I'm going to research until I learn that, and then that's going to be enough for me. All right, so set your research deadlines because that's one of the major things that gets your time gets lost in is going down kind of research rabbit holes. And we'll talk more about that in number four, which is to set timers and to do pomodoros to avoid rabbit holes. So as you're working, what's likely to happen is you're going to start working on something and then you're going to wonder, well, who did start this thing? You know, let's say you're writing an article about the invention of electricity and you're like, wait, I know that it started here or the discovery of electricity. We know that it started, the story is Ben Franklin, right? But where did he learn about kites? Where did kites come from? Where does the first kite come from? And when did we start making keys? You know, there's all these little pieces of the story that can get researched along the way. And that's cool that your brain does that, and I love that for you, but it does make it hard to get your work done quickly because there's always more information that you could learn. There's always some element of what you're working on that you could research and learn more about. So we need to have like concentrated work time and Pomodoro's help so much with that. It's where you have 25 minutes of deep concentrated work with a timer and then you have a five minute break and you do that four times and then at your fourth time you take a little bit of a longer break. And the cool thing about this is that you're setting a timer for your breaks as well. So maybe you walk around on your break. Maybe you take a, you know, you go to the bathroom, get a glass of water. And then on your longer break, maybe that's where you like to look up the invention of the kite. Whatever you want to do, that's your space to do it. And a timer will go off when it's time to get back into work mode. All right. Our final tip for getting more work done is you need to identify how much you need to know for this phase to be complete. And what I mean by that is if you are, let's talk, let's say you want to be an Enneagram teacher or an Enneagram coach. 
there is an infinite amount that you can learn about the Enneagram and consequently humanity and human nature that can make you feel like you are never quite ready. For example, right now, one of the main questions that I get every single day is how does trauma impact the Enneagram or how does mental illness impact the Enneagram? And I do not have the answer for that. All that I have is the research that's already been done and there's not a ton on it, right? And I don't have a psychology degree. I have an Enneagram certification. And so with that being said, you know, I'm not the, I'm, I'm not the one. I'm not the one who's going to be most qualified to do that research and to find that solution. I am going to do better by waiting for the person who is the one to do that research and find that solution and then to pay them to teach me and to help me to understand it from the research that they've done. Now, if I felt like I really wanted to be the one, then that would be a different phase. So let's talk about the phases here. So that means phase one for me in my Enneagram journey was like, I need to know enough to use the Enneagram in my already thriving business, the business that I'm already doing where I have an expertise and a skill set. So I started out with the Enneagram when I was doing burnout prevention and recovery coaching. And this is something I knew inside and out. This was something I was qualified for, had trained for, I had experience in, I knew what I needed to know to do that work. And then from there, I picked up the Enneagram and it just became kind of a flavoring on to the expertise that I already had. And that was phase one. I don't have to be an Enneagram expert at this phase. All I have to do at this phase is to be a burnout prevention and recovery expert who kind of knows the Enneagram and can kind of use that as a guiding post for the work that I wanna do. Today's podcast is brought to you by Less Brands. For anyone that has wavy, curly, or kinky hair like me, you know the struggles. I have struggled my entire life to figure out what to do with this floof of hair that I was born with, but we should be proud of it and embrace our unique curls and waves. And Lust Brands makes it so simple to do that, and you have to check them out. Now, here's the thing. They have a three-step system, and if you have ever tried any kind of curly hair routine, you know that three steps is so nice because you're usually like a 19 step process. You have a r- amazing shampoo that actually foams and frosts and makes your hair feel clean and a conditioner that left my hair feeling really soft and easy to brush out. And then their third step, which is so great, it had it's like all in one product. So instead of doing like mousse and then gel and then oil to crunch, like scrunch it all out, you actually just have one product that you use when your hair is wet. And I'm telling you, it is amazing. Personally, I have kind of sensory issues. Um, I don't like to touch a ton of like creamy, goopy products. So what I did is I got into the shower, washed my hair, conditioned my hair, brushed my hair out in the shower, and then I used the one styling product After I turned the shower water off while my hair was still soaking wet, I put the whole product in my hair, separated it out, put it through my hair, scrunched it, and then used a, you know, little turby towel to 
put my hair up and let it just air dry. And friends, it was the easiest way I've ever styled my hair in my life. My curls look amazing. I didn't have to put 19 products into my hair. I had the best experience with this and it smells so, so good. Lust Brands is all about helping each person embrace and love their unique waves, curls, kinks, and coils. Their simple three-step system includes shampoo, conditioner, and an all-in-one styler. Plus, Lust Brands products are free from harsh ingredients and are dermatologist tested and approved and will improve the health of your hair over time. I am obsessed with Less Brands, and I'm not the only one. See for yourself why they have over 30,000 five-star reviews. Right now, my listeners can get 15% off your first purchase of $50 or more, but only when you go to lessbrands.com and enter promo code EGRAM. That's L-U-S brands with an s.com and promo code egram. Don't wait, get 15% off the promo code egram at lessbrands.com. Thank you less brands for supporting the podcast and my hair. Then I went into phase two, which was, okay, I'm using the Enneagram a lot. I want to get certified. I want to make sure that I am as qualified as possible to talk specifically about the Enneagram. So then that's phase two. Well, then I'm talking so much about the Enneagram that now I'm like, I really want to make sure that I'm not just leaning on this one certification. I want to get informed in lots of different areas. So I'm going to take multiple trainings from multiple schools and I'm going to interview tons of experts and do lots of read all kinds of books because I'm now only specifically talking about the Enneagram in a much broader space. So the amount that I need to know about this tool needs to be, I think, as varied and as vast as possible so that I can really feel like I know what I'm talking about, right? And so as we grow and as we change, the phase of information that we need to do the job that we want to do changes and it builds on itself. So right now, maybe what you're working on, you just need as much of the information as you can to get your job done. And then maybe you move into the next phase and there's more information that you wanna bring in, more information that you need in order to move into phase two and and so on and so on. And a lot of times what I like to say when it comes to coaches who are doing this is to look back three years to where you were in information three years ago and teach to that person instead of thinking that you need to know every single thing that's ever been taught about this particular topic before you can ever speak up. There's always someone who has less information than you. So you're looking back on how can I use the information that I have to support the people who don't have that information yet and let that be enough instead of needing to know everything, have the answer to every single question that could possibly arise before you call yourself an expert that will make you move much faster um, because you're going to feel empowered to step into the knowledge that you have and act from that place because you know it's where you're supposed to be right now. It's the phase that you're in and you'll probably add on phases and you'll get more information and go from there. Okay, friends, so now that we have a sense of what would allow us the space and time to experience more pleasure, Let's talk about the top roadblocks to type five, allowing that pleasure to actually happen. 
Number one, the fear of running out of resources. This is the number one thing. A lot of times our type fives hoard their resources. So maybe that's time, money, maybe that's, you know, even like food or like whatever it is that you think you could run out of, that you could get, like could be depleted of, you hold on to it. And and the trouble with holding on to it to such an intense degree is that it limits your access to pleasure. Like a lot of things that we enjoy require time and money. And so I encourage you to intentionally allocate resources to pleasure specifically, budget for pleasure, put pleasure into your calendar, and your definition of pleasure does not have to look like mine, right? Like my definition of pleasure is traveling alone, being somewhere new, drinking coffee and writing in a cafe that I've never been to before. That is pleasure for me. Pleasure for you might be going to the library on a Tuesday, going to the library every single Tuesday. Whatever works for you is great. It does not have to look like bungee jumping off of a bridge if that is of no interest to you. If it is of interest, also great. (laughs) But decide ahead of time and allocate resources of time and money to make your pleasure happen. Number two, the fear of energy depletion. So also recognizing that sometimes things that take from us, um, maybe that's socializing or, you know, physical labor or giving of your time and energy, whatever it was, sometimes, yes, it definitely does drain us. And that's a reality. It, it I can't tell you that you're not emptying your cup and that you need to fill it up. That That's not my place to tell you. What I will say is that sometimes these things feel like they're going to deplete us ahead of time. We think that's going to kill me. That's going to drain me. That's going to wipe me out. But then actually when we do it, it fills us up and gives back to us. And pleasure is one of those things that when intentionally scheduled in, well thought out, you've, you've planned for this, it's time for it, it will fill you up. Even if it feels a little bit uncomfortable to do, even if you're nervous, it's not going to trust the process and let it fill you up. I cannot tell you how many times I've had a meeting on my calendar that I have just dreading because I'm like, oh, I don't have the time or the energy for this. I don't want to do this. And then I do it and I'm like, that's exactly what I needed today. (laughs) But I dread almost every meeting that I'm in, no matter how excited I am for it, because I think it's going to be the one that kills me. It's going to be the one that takes me out. And every single time, Oftentimes, and, and I'm an extrovert, so I'm, you know, speaking from that perspective, of course, but it brings me back to life. It gives me energy, makes me feel excited. You don't have to be an extrovert for this to work because I'm telling you pleasure. Pleasure is what pleasure is for you. You decide what that looks like. I don't, that might not be hanging out with people. That might be going to a bookstore alone. Whatever works for you, great, but let it fill you up. Let it be fulfilling. Number three, getting swept up into a work tornado. (laughs) This is the, I think the number one thing that's going to get in your way of pleasure. I'm going to say that. Um, Because one, the thing that fives don't often struggle with is, is focusing on what they want to do, focusing on work and research and their area of expertise. That's not typically an area where they feel like I don't have enough to give to this. It's like almost when do I stop, right? When do I get out of this, what can often be a safety bubble of work 
because work doesn't ask anything of you emotionally, typically. And so there's a, a safety barrier there. And I, I kind of talk about this in my new book, um, The Enneagram Letters. I write an essay and I, I think I might have written this for type eight, but it's, it's relevant to fives as well. But just how like workaholism sometimes is a really happy place we escape to when we don't want to deal with our feelings. And all of that to say, work is typically not a place where fives struggle to stay and in, might have to intentionally exit to make the time for pleasure and to see the purpose in pleasure and to make it a high priority. But when you do, I think fives tend to do it well. Once you kind of prioritize it, make time for it, see its purpose, live into the moment, really be in that moment with the experience of pleasure, the fives that I have seen that do that well are riveting to me. Like I just find them so fascinating and so fun and just, it's like being around people who are still children at heart, like this like beautiful bright energy just explodes from their being when you watch them and it's contagious and it's so fun and it's just, it's just stunning to see. So, but in order to do that, you have to kind of get out of your research work fascination rabbit hole in order to make time for these things that really make you feel giddy and excited, which I think is one of my favorite versions of the fives in my life. Okay, friends, I do hope that you found this helpful. If you are a type five, I would love to hear if you explore any of the tips. Tag me on Instagram if you do, because I want to follow along. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you, and I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.